The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. While Peter was still speaking, he was at Cornelius' house in Caesarea by the sea. And before he went there, he was in Joppa praying at Simon the Tanner's house. And he was up on the roof praying, and he had a vision, and a sheet came down with all kinds of animals on it, clean and unclean. And in the vision, he heard the instructions to kill and eat of anything. And Peter, being a good Jewish man, said, no, there are unclean things on this tablecloth. And the Spirit said to Peter, do not call profane what I have made clean. This happened a second time and a third time. And then in the vision, Peter heard that someone was coming for him and that he was to go to his house. And then Cornelius showed up. And so Cornelius showed up, having seen a vision to go find Peter at Simon the Tanner's house, and and they left Joppa and went to Caesarea by the sea. And there, a Jewish Christian apostle, Peter, with other Jewish Christians, were at the home of a Gentile, which in that day and time was not an acceptable practice. They kept separate But this was the beginning of of the shift of, of the mission of Jesus Christ from only among Jewish people to extend it beyond that circle of a sect within the Jewish practice of faith to the Gentiles to become a global mission. This was where that began. And, and, and it said that, that while Peter was still speaking, and some commentaries have said the Holy Spirit interrupted Peter in his speaking. So Peter was speaking, and, and, and in that we see a complete presentation of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and then the Holy Spirit interrupted him by falling on all of the people there. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, what does it mean when you say the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were there? That's a good question, Liza. What does it mean that the Holy Spirit fell on everybody there? It didn't hurt, (laughs) just so you know. It, It means that they were filled by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And in the early church, um, and today, the Holy Spirit gives gifts to the body of Christ that are manifest in many different ways. On your bulletin insert, you will see that there are 20 listed gifts in the New Testament. Not everybody has all of those gifts, but everybody has some gift for the building up of the body of Christ. Um, In Ephesians 4, Paul wrote this about the gifts. God gives gifts to the followers for the work of the church. Some, as in Ephesians 4, Paul wrote, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. 
in all of those 20 gifts, there are listed gifts that many of us have received for the building up of the body of Christ. And it's important to understand that we each receive gifts as the Spirit believes is needed for us. So if you look at that list of, of, of 20 gifts, you can see that, that there are apostles, there are evangelists, there are exhorters. An exhorter is someone who encourages you to do things that might be outside your comfort zone. Is there somebody in our congregation who when they call you to invite you to consider doing something, you can't say no to that person? Phyllis. Phyllis demonstrates the gift of exhortation. Amen? Thank God we have that gift exhibited among us. That is the power of the Spirit of God working among us to lead us. And here's what I know because Paul wrote it to the Corinthians in, in, in the first chapter, that we have been enriched in every way, in speech and in mind, and that we have every gift we need because we are not lacking any spiritual gift. So we, as a congregation within the body of Christ, have everything we need among this gathered body to do all that God calls us to do. Just as the Spirit knows who needs which gift, so the Spirit knows which parts of the body and which needs which people at which time for the common good. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit, and varieties of services, but the same Lord, and there are varieties of activities, but the same God who activates all of them and everyone, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Uh, excuse me again, Pastor John. Yes, Liza. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but what does it mean? They heard them speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is one of the gifts that is manifest by the Holy Spirit. And there is much ink spilt and much confusion within the whole body of Christ, the larger church, about this particular manifestation. It's a great question to ask. And it's one that, as I explain it, this is from my study and prayer and understanding. I don't have a corner on the market of study and prayer and understanding about this gifts, but this is what I have come to believe to be true. Um, there are three manifestations of the gift of tongues in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, at the day of Pentecost, when the apostles spoke in languages that they did not know previously, so that hearers who did not speak the language of the apostles could understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our passage today that we heard read when Peter was speaking, the Gentiles spoke in tongues, and then when Paul in Acts 19 prayed over people in Ephesus who then began to speak in tongues. So we see, we see three manifestations of speaking in tongues in New Testament Scripture. The first is the day of Pentecost, speaking in unknown languages so that people who don't know your language can understand the gospel. The second is the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues. 
That is, in the gathered body, someone speaks in a language that is unintelligible, and another person interprets. And that is for the building up of the body of Christ. The third is praying in an unknown language that is uh, for the benefit and blessing of the individual praying. In Romans 8, one of my favorite, probably my favorite chapter in the whole Bible, and, and, and one of my favorite verses in that chapter, in, in 26 and 27, Paul says that the Spirit prays on our behalf when we don't know how to pray or what to pray, and intercedes with groanings too deep for words. That is where I locate the praying in the Spirit that is mentioned in, in other passages um, in 1 Corinthians 14 and Ephesians 6 and Jude 20. Praying in the Spirit in a language that is for the individual um, who was doing the praying. Paul said that in 1 Corinthians 14, the gift of tongues is this much, and the practice of Christian faith is this much, in essence. So we should keep all of our practice, whether it's this much or this much. He said we should practice our faith decently and in order so that we build up the body of Christ. Uh, excuse me, excuse me. Yes, Liza. <laughs> I hope you'll forgive me for interrupting just one more time. Sure, absolutely. We, oh. we surround one another with a community of love and forgiveness. We'll, we'll make that promise later. In, as we celebrate baptism. Thank you. Yes, I'm so glad of that. Can you tell us what's the difference between gifts of the Spirit and fruits of the Spirit? What is the difference between the gifts of the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Holy Spirit? The gifts are plural. There are 20 of them, and not everybody generally receives all of them the fruit of the Holy Spirit, as Paul lists those in Galatians 5, are singular. And it's important to note that Paul calls it the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Nine of them. And the way I like to think about it is that it's like a fruit salad rather than a buffet. Were it a buffet, I could pick and choose. I like love and joy and peace. I don't really care for patience or gentleness <laughs> or self-control. But Paul knew us well as God knows us completely and said the fruit of the Spirit is a fruit salad, and we each are to receive a heaping bowl of fruit salad. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of them. We are not allowed the freedom to pick and choose among those fruit. Now, here's the thing about fruit of the Spirit. They are grown. They are cultivated. They are nurtured and nourished, and they take practice. So we continue to do things like use the gifts that God has given us in ways that build up the body so that we can grow in the blessing and benefit of being equipped with the fruit of the Spirit. Now, 
I don't know about you, but when I go to my doctor and my doctor asks me about my diet, my doctor doesn't ask, have you been eating your fruit salad lately? <laughs> However, as sisters and brothers in Christ, we might ask one another, how's your fruit salad doing today? And then we might say to one another, you know, I'm cautious about asking you to pray for me in relation to my fruit salad because I know that if I ask you to pray for my patience, God is going to provide an opportunity for me to exercise and cultivate and nourish and nurture patience in my life because as these are both the fruit of the Holy Spirit, they are also our responsibility to participate willingly in them. Now, willingness is not listed among the fruit. It's not listed among the gifts. But I will tell you that our dear sister Eliza has willingness to do anything, including share moments in a message called, Pardon the Interruption, Please. The Holy Spirit fell upon Gentile believers, and they spoke in tongues. And it doesn't indicate whether they spoke in tongues as the apostles did. It doesn't indicate that they spoke in tongues with the gift of interpretation of tongues. And it doesn't indicate that they spoke in tongues in a private prayer language. But that was in the book of Acts, the earliest manifestation of the Spirit to be proved among the people that the Spirit was in fact active. As the church matured and grew, we found other manifestations of the Holy Spirit. And this episode of Peter going to Cornelius' house, of seeing that the Holy Spirit was active in his life and the lives of those to whom he preached, opened the door of baptism and of faith practice and ministry to the world. For that we are blessed and beneficiaries. For that we are called to be missionaries in the world today to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to everyone we encounter. And as St. Francis says, always preach the gospel Use words when necessary. If you find the Holy Spirit interrupting your life and falling upon you, go with it. And pardon the interruption, if you please. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.